0: Good morning. How's everyone doing today? Listen, I have a confession to make right up front. I'm working on about two and a half hours of sleep today. So if I look sleepy, just give me some grace. Somebody else in the back, yes, I feel you. But if you can't sleep, you can't sleep. I can't sleep, right? So we're in it together. Um, so I need your help. <clears throat> my wife uh, got accepted at the last minute to go on the walk to Emmaus, the women's walk. Super stoked for her. But that means that I've been without my wife since Thursday. And I, you know, she's my, like my, comfort. Uh, Linus had his blanket. My wife is that to me. And so when I'm up here and I feel like I'm bombing it, you know, and you're looking at me like you're looking at me right now, I'll look to her and she'll smile and I'm like, okay, babe, she's always just an encouragement to me. So do me a favor this morning. Will you help me out? And will you just show me your smiles? Just show me you're capable of doing it. All right, good. We're good. We're glad to be in God's house. It's always good to be here. And uh, God is so good. Uh, No matter what's going on in our lives, he is worthy of our time here today. He's worthy of our praise. Um, So as Lance said, um, John chapter 8, and we're in a series called I Am, and we just started it last week, and the heart behind this is, you know, we, we wanted to kind of just tone things back and refocus on Jesus. With all the distractions around us, I thought, you know, let's just spend some time this year looking at who Jesus is, what he taught, what he did, and what it means. And we're going to spend the bulk of this time, um, of the year, uh, speaking on sermons that'll fall into those categories and so this i am series is just that it's a uh, getting to know who jesus is and i want us all to know who jesus is amen and jesus wants us to know who he is and so uh, i don't want us to be misinformed or to misrepresent who he is and so uh, the idea of this is just to get to know jesus a little better the title of the message this morning is i am the light of the world i'm the light of the world you know I have to be honest that uh, I struggle sometimes with taking things for granted, like my wife, for instance. (laughs) I was like, man, she does a lot of stuff around here. When she's not here, we feel it. But maybe you get in your car and you turn the key and you just take for granted that it's going to start every time you do that. Or here's my favorite. When you go into a dark room and you grab the light switch and you flip it and the light comes on, how many of you know we take some of those things for granted? So sometimes we have to just kind of go back in our imagination. So imagine for a moment that we could just rewind the clock of history and go back to years and years and years ago when there were no lights and it was dark, right? Uh, and so I want to just imagine for a moment. We're not going to go completely dark because I don't want to freak anybody out, but um, how many of you know light's a good thing? If you live in the country like I do, kind of on the edge of town, when the light goes out, it's dark. You can see every star in the sky. It's dark. So light's a good thing, and I love it whenever um, things are dark, and you, you get this, you know, source of light <clears throat> that you can turn on. And it's cool that you know this light. What it does for me is it reveals things that were once hidden in the dark. And, man, you walk into a dark room and you don't know where the couch is at, and you're walking carefully because you don't want to stub your toe. Or this morning I was reaching for the ceiling fan light, and I was worried I was going to get my hand hung up in the ceiling fan, reaching for that cord, you know, and. I finally had to get my flashlight out, and turn on the or the phone and get the flashlight out and like, where is that thing? And it's nice to have the light because it reveals things that we might not have seen in the dark. Amen. And what else does it do? It it guides us. You know, you're on a camping trip and you're out in the middle of nowhere. It's nice to have a light. And thank God for whoever it came up with the idea of putting the flashlight on your phone. That was brilliant, right? So you're walking through the dark and you, you shine the light. And what's cool is if you got a lot of people, am I blinding anybody? All right, so you get a lot of people and the person up front's got the flashlight and you're way back behind them. How many know it's a little hard to see where they're going? And so you're like, I wanna be close to wherever the light's at, but it guides us, it shows us the way. Another thing, this is kind of an offensive one, but how many know light is an irritant to someone who's sleeping? (laughs) Oh, I I wanna punch somebody in the throat when I'm in one of those deep sleeps, you know, that REM sleep and I am snoozing and somebody comes in and flips the light on. I'm like, what are you thinking? it offends me right it's an irritant to those who are sleeping and also it dispels darkness you know it's cool the darkness is here but when you fire up that light it could be a match it could be a candle and you turn on the light it just dispels darkness How many know light's a good thing i think that's a physical thing and, and jesus was really good at taking physical things that we're used to seeing all the time and teaching a spiritual truth and you know when we consider the world that we live in today there's a lot of evil in the world and we have a word for that when we talk about that evil we say there's a lot of darkness in the world don't we and you know scripture when you use the word darkness or you see the word darkness there it always represents evil and so i would just make this case this morning we live in a dark world and we sure need the light the spiritual light and that's what the background of this message is today jesus says i am the light of the world So John chapter 8 is where this is found. One verse, and it's also found in John chapter 9, and I'll try to make my way over there um, as well. But one verse, Jesus says in chapter 8, verse 12, um, Jesus spoke to the people once more. And he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Look over in chapter 9, it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth, Rabbi, his disciples, asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. Listen to this. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Will you pray with me one more time? Father, I just um, humble myself before you right now. God, I am tired. And, uh, Lord, I don't want to miss an opportunity to share your word. And so, God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts today, that you would empower me and help me to say what I should say and not say what I shouldn't say. I trust you, and I I lean on you today. And I ask that you just be glorified, Lord, as we look into this this idea, this description of you, this declaration that you make of being the light of the world. And so, Lord, we ask that you be honored and glorified in our time here this morning. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Jesus speaks this I Am statement. As I said last week, these I Am statements or declarations of Jesus were his way of introducing us to him. John's whole purpose was he wants us to know who Jesus is. So John records seven miracles specifically. There are many more miracles that Jesus performed, but John focuses on seven. And he really wants us to see that the things that Jesus did, no ordinary person can do. This is deity on display. Jesus is God in the flesh. And John also records these seven I am statements because the I am statements give us clarification. Each time he makes that statement, it's just another revelation of his character, his nature. And it's like he's saying, hey, I want you to have no doubt of who I am. I want you to know who I am. And so he says, I am the light of the world. And so I thought it would help us because sometimes we miss the gravity of those comments, those statements, right? We read it and we're like, oh, cool, Jesus is the light of the world. I agree with that. But there's some background and cultural stuff that I think would help us just see the impact of that statement. So let me just tell you what's going on here. Jesus is in Jerusalem, and he's there because they're required three times a year to show up to Jerusalem for these major festivals and feasts Pentecost, Passover, and this one, uh, the temple, or excuse me, the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, The Feast of Booths or uh, Sukkot, I believe believe that's how you say it, but um, it's this Feast of Tabernacles. What is that? Well, it's a seven-day celebration that is, coincides with uh, the end gathering of the harvest. And so the harvest is through, and they believe that God is going to judge them for next year on how much rainfall they would have. And so there's a lot of things going on at, at work here. And so Jesus is in Jerusalem observing this feast of tabernacles. The tabernacles were these little makeshift tent, if you will, four walls and a crude roof on top, maybe palm leaves And they were to construct these because God wanted them to forever be reminded of the time that the forefathers were in the wilderness, and he led them for 40 years in the wilderness. And they lived in a very temporary dwelling place, the booths, right? And so they would construct these booths, and, and they might eat in those. Some of them might sleep in them, but it was a reminder of the time when God led the children of Israel for 40 years, the presence and the power of God. must have been pretty cool, right, to observe that. But there's something else that went on there that was pretty um, cool to me, and it's um, the illumination of the temple, they called it. There's a water libation ceremony, and then there's the illumination of the temple. And what it looked like was this... So it was very dark in those days. They didn't have street lights like we do. And so when it got dark, you just go home. There's not much to do after dark. And so it's dark at the temple. Jesus is there. It's towards the end of this festival. And you have to go to the Talmud, which is like the Jewish commentary of the Old Testament scriptures, to see the details here. Um, but what they, they state that happened in those, on those days where there was this four huge candelabras, 75 feet tall, they were in the women's court of the temple, right? You have the Holy of Holies, the holy place where the priests work, and then there's the women's court. And in this women's court, there are four huge poles, if you will, and on the top of those 75-foot poles were four bowls, and those bowls were filled with oil, and they would use as the wick, like the priest worn-out garments, they would just put them in there and they would light those things up. The priest would climb up the ladder and they would light those, and it would just light that whole place up. And it says there's not a place in the temple that was not illuminated by these lights. In fact, all over Jerusalem, you could look to the temple, and it would glow. How many know that would be a cool sight to see? And so for them, there was a lot of symbolism there. It was to remind them not only of their time that they traveled in the wilderness and in the booths, if you will, the tabernacles, but the light would remind them of Genesis 1 when it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 3 said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God said it was good, Right? It would remind them of his presence, his Shekinah glory, that's the manifest presence of God, as they went through the wilderness. What does it say? It says God guided them day and night. By day, he guided them with a cloud, a pillar of cloud, right? And at night, he guided them with a pillar of fire, and it says so that they could travel both day and night. So when they look to the temple and they see it glowing like that, they're reminded of God's Shekinah glory, his presence that was among them as they wandered in the wilderness, right? That'd be pretty cool, right? Some, some meaning there, some richness and depth. It also reminded them of Solomon's temple when Solomon dedicated the temple and the glory of the Lord filled that place. And God's presence was there and that temple was destroyed and the Shekinah glory of God was departed and they're longing for the day when the glory returns. So all of this symbolism is going on behind them and Jesus chooses this moment to take something that they're all in awe of and they're seeing, and he says against that backdrop, I am the light of the world. I think it's pretty powerful. Here's why. So there are prophecies that were spoken of the Messiah who's going to come, right? And so in the New Testament, Psalms and Isaiah are the ones that are spoken of and, and quoted the most. In Isaiah, listen to these three different passages about Jesus. Chapter 9, it says, Nevertheless, a time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. He goes on to say, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Who are we talking about? Jesus, right? And so there's these prophecies of the coming Messiah and how he was going to bring light. In Isaiah 42, he goes on to say, um, I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will... I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them, and you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in the dark dungeons. Again, we're talking about Jesus, this prophecy, looking forward to the Messiah when he would one day return. As they looked at those lights over the temple, it was a reminder and there was hope associated with that. They're like, one day the Messiah is going to come back. And we're going to have his presence again, right? They're looking for the Messiah. In 49, Isaiah says, You will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. And so there's these prophecies that are telling all the children of Israel about the Messiah that is going to come. And when he comes, he's going to bring light. He's going to open the eyes of the blind. And so in chapter 9, when he opens this dude's eyes, that should have been like a big light bulb that goes off in their head going, wait a minute, there's prophecies about this, this is the Messiah, right? So Jesus is in the temple and these lights are shining all around and he stands with that as the backdrop and he says, all of these prophecies that you're looking forward to, all these things that are pointing to a future time, I am the fulfillment of all those prophecies, I am the light of the world. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know the rest of you, but I think that's pretty cool, right? Just against that backdrop that he says, hey, all this symbolism, all these things, you look into the temple and you're like, wow, that's the the presence of God, the glory of God. And he says, oh yeah, I'm in the house now. The glory of God is here. I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You won't have to because you'll have the light that leads to life. What a powerful statement he makes. Jesus, when he comes to the earth, John records it this way. He says, in the beginning, just like Genesis 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it can never take it over, never capture it and defeat it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who was the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. It goes on to say, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. How many know Jesus is that light? And so Jesus stands in the temple and he makes this declaration of himself. He says, I am the light of the world. Now, as I said last week, you know, I think that in these, each of these declarations, he's given us a little bit more of a glimpse of who he is, his character, his nature. He's showing his, his deity and he reveals to us our needs and how he meets those needs. And when he stands up and says, I am the light of the world, I want you to know that it made an impact on those who heard it then. It may not make much of an impact on us today, but I want you to know in that day, in that setting, with all that background going on, they took notice of what Jesus said. I am the fulfillment of all those things, the hope that you've been looking for, the one that opens the eyes of the blind, the ones that help those who are lost to be found. I am the light of the world. Now, I said earlier, the light reveals things that are in the dark. It lights our path. And I, and I like that visual because I think about my life and how I follow Christ and I, I truly believe he's my light, right? He rescued me out of the kingdom of darkness and put me in his kingdom of light and this marvelous light we just sang about. And, and I just know that I don't have to walk in darkness today because I have his light in me, amen? He's a light of the world. And so I said also that that light sometimes is offensive. It's Irritating to those who are asleep. Can I just tell you that sometimes people didn't receive that very well. And they still don't today. Jesus makes this declaration, I am the light of the world. And immediately after that, if you continue to read in chapter 8, it says... The Pharisees replied, you're making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Why do they say that? Because in Jewish um, law, it was like nothing was accepted as truth unless it was established by two or three witnesses. And so they're saying, your testimony about yourself being the light. I mean, that's cool, Jesus, and everything, but that testimony is invalid. And Jesus says, you're using the wrong standards. I know where I came from, and I know who I am. You're only seeing things on the surface. So, my testimony is valid. I am the light of the world. And later in chapter nine, when he opens the eyes of the blind, how many know that should have sealed the deal? They should have been like, Whoa, he just said, I'm the, the light of the world. And he just opened this dude's eyes who was born blind. By the way, that wasn't because of a parent's sin or his sin, it's, but the glory of God could be revealed and God could make this absolute declaration that I am the one who opens the eyes of the blind. I am the light of the world, I am the hope, I am the light, the life, I am the light of the world. What a powerful, powerful statement that he made, but some people didn't receive that truth, they rejected that truth. John chapter 3, very famous and familiar passage, we said, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. Here it is. God's light, Jesus, came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. It was an irritant to them. It says, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light, and they refuse to go near it. For fear, their sins will be exposed. Can I tell you that not everybody is down with Jesus' declaration that he is the light of the world? In fact, our world, struggling, looking for truth, looking for hope, they look in all these different places. And I just want to scream out, Jesus is the only true source of light. In fact, the word light is false, and it doesn't mean just a light. It means the source of that light. Jesus is screaming, now I'm not just a light, I am the light of the world. And this world is groping around in the darkness looking for truth. And Jesus says, hey, here I am. I am the light of the world. And for some, they'll say, no, I can't, I can't accept that. That's offensive to me. But for those who do accept his testimony, for those who do believe that he is who he says he is, and they believe the miracles that validated those claims, do you know that every one of us were in darkness, and he rescued us out of darkness? And he transferred us into this kingdom of his light, this glorious, marvelous light all through the gospel. That we were all Subject to darkness, we were in darkness. In fact, Paul said this way in Ephesians. In fact, if you want a little homework, I don't usually give this out, but I think it would be great for us to just kind of re-familiarize our- ourselves with this passage of Scripture, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 gives us a lot of detail about what the gospel has done for us, who we are in the gospel, and what he's done and accomplished on our behalf. And then chapter 4, he starts, he starts switching gears, and he says, Okay, now I, I urge you to live a, 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 to live a life worthy of the calling that you've been called to. I mean, if Christ has done all of this for us, this is how we should live. And then he goes on in chapter 4 through chapter 6 to tell us what that looks like as it relates to people, as it relates to behaviors, just how we live and walk out our life. And so um, it starts in verse 17. I won't read it all for the sake of time, but it says, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness." They wander far from the life God gives them uh, because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. He goes on to talk about what that looks like and the sins. In chapter 5, he says that we're supposed to live in the light by imitating God and to walk away from impurity and all of these things. And he says... um, All this uh, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, there there, there should be thankfulness to God. In verse 6, he says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness. Notice he didn't say once you were in the darkness, but you were full of darkness. Apart from the gospel, we are all hopelessly lost in darkness, right? That's why the good news is so good. Because once you were full of darkness, but now, Paul's talking to those who believe in Christ, you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So so just if you're if you're keeping up here, Jesus is saying, Hey, I am the, the light. Of the world, I'm the source of truth, of hope. I'm the one that opens the eyes of the spiritually blind. I'm the one that leads people who are lost and helps them to be found in me and the gospel. And I am still the light of the world. And where they were looking forward to the coming of Christ again, He's right there in front of them. saying, "Hey, I'm Him. I'm the fulfillment of all that you've been looking forward to. I am." The light of the world. And how many you know that when Jesus was buried and crucified and resurrected, he went into heaven, he ascended into heaven, and uh, we're waiting for him to come back. And, and guys, let me just let you know a little secret. He's coming back. He's coming back. And here's our, here's our hope, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21 tells us of the new Jerusalem in a time when we will no longer need the sun or the moon, but his presence, his Shekinah glory will light up everything. There will be no more night. How many you know that's going to be a cool time? in the presence of God, the light of the world back amongst his people, what a great deal but what about in between? Jesus is the light of the world his testimony is like hey I want you to know who I am I am the fulfillment of all those prophecies so he's given us an idea of of his his, character, his nature like I am the fulfillment of these prophecies, his his deity, I can open the eyes of the blind, only God can do that, someone born blind, he says hey I'm open the eyes of the blind, he did that in chapter 9 and he reveals to us our need and how he and only he meets that need. So i just say this. Jesus alone is the hope of the world. Would you agree with that statement? Jesus alone is the hope of the world and able to give sight to the spiritually blind. And so what do we do with this declaration? I am the light of the world. And he says, if you follow me, the promise is, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you'll have the light that leads to life. The light reveals, it guides, it dispels darkness. And I would say for us, as we live in a world with darkness and hurt, our trust must be anchored in Jesus alone as we look to him as the true light, hope, and deliverer. Amen? He's our hope. Jesus wants the world to know who he is. He wants you to know that he is the light. And I would say this. What what, what do we do with his declaration of who he is? I would say we, we trust his testimony, we accept his testimony, we believe what he says about who he is. H- have you done that? H- have you believed his testimonies, are like, hey, you're lost in a world of darkness and I've come to set you free, to open your eyes and to transfer you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Have you placed your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because that's to accept his testimony. Like, Jesus, I recognize that you are the source of truth. And we live in a world where everybody's got a version of truth, right? And they're like, hey, I got the truth. No, that's not your truth. This is true. This is true. No, this is true. And everybody's screaming and yelling. And I just want us to know the only true source of of truth and and light and life is in the person of Jesus Christ. The hope of the world. And so uh, for us to trust his testimony, to accept his declaration of who he is... Jesus, I believe that you are the light. I believe you're my light. And I can tell you that there was a season in my life when I was living in darkness and um, I just remember looking back at some of the things and and I've wrestled over the years with who I was before I came to Christ. And man, I'm thankful that we don't have to wall around in that guilt anymore because we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come in the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? But to trust and accept his testimony of being the light. And secondly, I would say walk in the light. What does it mean to walk in the light? Well, to walk in the light daily, live it out in our speech and our actions and the way we conduct ourselves in business and school and home, politics, and all of the other areas. We now, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, You are the light of the world. He's the light of the world, and he says, hey, listen, I'm just, I'm in you now, and now you, as my representatives on this earth, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, and you shouldn't take this light and put it under a bushel, but you should put it on a stand so everyone can see it. Amen? And so we are now the light, and so we want to walk in his light, and that means just to behave in a way to adhere to his teachings To say, Jesus, you're the one that reveals truth to us, and I want to adhere to your truth. Can I just tell you something that breaks my heart? Something that breaks my heart is when I hear people on TV or I hear somebody say, hey, I'm a devout Christian. And then they'll go on to say things or do things or vote in certain ways that would be completely diametrically opposed to what God's word lays out as truth. And I'm like, dude, you, you say you're a follower of Christ and yet the, the fruit doesn't match that. It just breaks my heart. And so I'm like, if we believe he is the light and his light is in us, let us walk in the light as he is in the light. In Ephesians and it shows us how that looks as it relates to family relationships, as it relates to how we conduct ourselves. And so we walk in the light. John 12, 36 says, put your trust in the light while there is still time. This is, again, Jesus talking. He says, then you will become children of the light. I am thankful in the gospel that through the gospel we are all children of the light when we place our faith in him. Amen? So walk in the light. And I would say this, lastly, <clears throat> reflect his light. You know, like a mirror, when, when Moses went into the tabernacle and he spent some time with God and he was in the presence of God, this says the presence of God was so thick there in that tabernacle when he came out, his face was so bright, they really couldn't look at him and, and so he had to veil his face because it was so bright and they knew that he had been with, with God. I would say that we, as his children should reflect his light. And the question I have is, whose light are we reflecting? Are we reflecting the world's light? Because the world, you know, they, they think they've got a light and they're like, hey, this is what truth is. And, and, and we're standing against the world in a dark world, seeing God's truth as our standard in an area and in, in a season when it's not real popular anymore, right? And we're pushing back the darkness, we're pushing it back as we trust and as we follow and as we adhere to his light and like he's our guide and we're just following him and we're living this thing out, I would say we should, like never before, especially today, reflect his light in our community, in our schools, in our families, in our workplaces. Amen? Amen. Whose light do we reflect? Do we, by the way we live and the things that we believe and how we adhere ourselves to certain belief systems, do we demonstrate by those actions and those words that we belong with him and that we're reflecting his light. And so, um, man, I just think that is so powerful for us today. And what a great reminder of our need to be led by the true light of the world. And the beautiful thing is, is he's willing. You know, he's willing to just show us the way. And so, and here's the cool thing. If you place your faith in Christ, and I hope you, you have, that means you are no longer in the darkness, but you're in the light. You're a child of the light. And if you're the child of the light, you have his light in you. And here's the thing, the promise, you don't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life in you. That's good news, isn't it? It's no matter what you're going through in life, you can say, God, I'm confused about this, and I just need you to reveal to me what I should do or how I should believe about this. And he's like, all right, I got that's what the light's for. It reveals I, I just need some guidance in my life. I don't know what I should do here. And he's like, hey, that's what I do. I guide people. And if you just trust in me, I'm the light of the world, and I'm still guiding people. I'm still opening the eyes of the spiritually blind. I'm still rescuing people out of darkness and, 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 and bringing them into the light. He's still the light of the world. Amen? And so um, as we get to know him more and more, just a, what, what an amazing declaration that is that Jesus is. Jesus is the light of the world and the promises for whoever follows him won't have to walk in darkness but they'll have a life that leads the light that leads to life and in chapter 9 as he opens the eyes of the blind just that revelation that Jesus still is in the business of opening the eyes of the blind spiritually speaking and I I don't know about you but we live in a dark, dark world and there needs to be some eyes open so my prayer is God would you just please shine your light shine it through me The way I handle myself, the way I conduct myself in this world and business, when I deal with people, God, I'm representative of you and you're the light and I want to reflect that light because he said, let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and then glorify God. Let me know it's not about us, it's all about him. So we want to reflect his light, amen, As the true great light of the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just giving us another revelation of who your son is, Jesus, and and Lord, we tend to take for granted, uh, like we, we take for granted the physical light, we take for granted the spiritual light that you have given to us, and you, Lord, have rescued us out of darkness and put us into your kingdom of light, and you've called us your children of light, and how you long to guide us, and you still guide us, and you still lead us, and you still reveal to us, and you still push back the darkness, and and Lord, we live in a dark world, we acknowledge that, we see it, and Lord, the, the thing that brings me comfort is to know that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never be able to extinguish it. Lord, your light is always more powerful than the dark, and I pray that we would just realize that in our own lives, and Lord, that we would accept your testimony that you are our light, you want to set us free, you want to open our eyes, Lord, to the gospel, and And I pray that we would also recognize the need to walk in the light, not just to say it, but to walk in it. Um, 1 John says if we say that we're in the light and we continue to walk in the darkness, then we're lying and we're not practicing the truth. So Lord, put a conviction in us that it's important for us to walk in the light as you are in the light and Lord, that we would reflect that light. When people look at us, they see you. Not the world, not what some philosopher or some teacher says, but Lord, we reflect your truth from your word, knowing, Father, that your light is greater, it's always going to push back that darkness, Lord, would you please just make that real to us today as we leave this place, and we don't leave it here on Sunday, but we take it to us, uh, with us tomorrow to work, Monday through Saturday, living as children of the light, thanking you that you are truly the light of the world. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask that you'll be honored in our lives, glorified in this week as we, we go out and live it. And we ask it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.